Hello and welcome to TLF Gems, a podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. And I'm Greg Roche. And in this episode, we're going to be discussing uh, another one of my webinars. This one's called Measuring Trust. Yeah, really interesting, Stephen. Really, really interesting. And um, probably a couple of things that I'd just like to sort of ask you uh, about it and, and really trying to think about the way that trust goes into the sort of the customer experience, perhaps in a few minutes. But I think um, the first thing was really just trying to, very interested in your definition of trust or the various definitions of trust, because you do make the point. I think we all understand what trust is, but it's quite hard to pin down a definition of trust. How do you think that's best done? Yeah, well, I, I think in a way, I've probably spent the bulk of the webinar talking about that, that we all sort of feel like we know what trust is. And we also all use it in slightly different ways in different contexts, don't we? So that the way you trust your family is different from the way you trust a doctor or a politician or dot, dot, dot. And you can sort of get here. And, and one of the, the first ways I approached it in the webinar actually is we asked the question on our consumer panel, yeah. you know, what does trust mean to you? And, and what was interesting about that is actually what people on our panel came up with, you know, the normal people, for <laughs> sort of normal people anyway, uh, came up with on our panel kind of correlated with you know what philosophers and psychologists and business thinkers have come up yeah. with um, and it, it kind of embraces I suppose in a nutshell what I come down to in the end is that you could break it into lots and lots of facets but it really comes down to you know are you the right person with the right skills and do you do what you say you're going to do and also probably something around how connected do I feel to you personally. It, effectively do I like you at, on a personal level yeah I, I, I thought you did a, a, a really sort of good explanation of sort of bringing out the difference between reliability and trust mm-hmm. and um, it uh, as you say it, it, it's very different on many different levels but somehow trust is much more than reliability it gets into the emotion doesn't it you, you, you know and, and 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 that's always really really sort of difficult to define so can you trust machines i don't believe so no and i think that's i mean it might seem a bit kind of airy fairy to get into philosophy for the purposes of customer experience but i think something that i really took from reading up on what philosophers had to say about trust is that a key aspect of it is this idea of vulnerability, like in order to trust, Betrayal. You have to be open to being betrayed. And a machine can't betray you. It can let you down, it can break, it might not work, but it hasn't betrayed your trust because you haven't sort of invested any vulnerability in that machine doing its job. Um, whereas a person can let you down. And I think what's really interesting about that from a customer experience point of view is it is it explains something that we see often and, and is has kind of been proven in kind of academic literature which is customers get a lot angrier when a person lets them down than when a self-service thing or a machine lets them down. In, in fact, funnily enough, I was reading uh, an academic paper the other day about robots. Yeah. And it was saying that humanoid robots versus non-humanoid robots are a bit more like real people. So, you know, R2-D2 in the Star Wars universe, um, if he lets us down, we might be angry, but not really, because we haven't been betrayed in that way. C3 yeah. would be a bit angrier because it looks a bit more like <laughs> uh, But if Skywalker let us down, we'd be really, really upset because, you know, we would have trusted him as, a, as an individual. Which, anyway, that's a bit of an aside, but, but I, I think that sort of characterises to me the two ways in which we experience uh, interactions as customers. So we, 
I tend to think of it as we're either dealing with a, a tool, a machine, a thing, or we're dealing with a person, a human that we have a connection with. And as soon as there's a human there, it kind of raises the stakes. So we can be made more satisfied, but we'll also be made more dissatisfied if we're let down. And I, trust is, I think, a key component of understanding why that happens. Oh, I, I, you know, I, absolutely. And I think that betrayal, that emotional investment is the price you pay for trust. That's what you're risking, isn't it? And, and you make a really good point that if a machine lets you down, it's unreliable. <laughs> you don't feel um, betrayed in, in, in the emotional sense. And I mean, as I was sort of listening to your webinar and starting to think about how that goes into the sort of the customer experience is you start realizing then, um, you know, and you know, and, and, and you make the good point that, you know, trust by channel, if it's done much more sort of face to face and much more empathetic, but it probably got me thinking about how underutilized trust is in the customer, um, you know, experience. Uh, and I know, you know, in the latter part of, of, of the webinar, you know, you, you bring some distinction perhaps between what drives trust, recommendation and satisfaction are all different things. But it, it did make me think, you know, about how much, how organizations can get customers to trust them more because that would seem to have an awful lot of value, yeah. an awful lot of value. When we come back to that, you know, those models of how trust is formed, you know, whether you use the trusted advisor equation, yeah. even MR Covey or, or, or Ken Blanchard, they all fundamentally address a very similar um, sort of breakdown of trust. That you know, If you're a bank, let's say, you have to do certain things that will address the sort of competence side of the equation. So, you know, are you, I don't know, do you have big, strong buildings and, you know, lots of virtual money tucked away in a safe or do you seem <laughs> yeah. like a proper bank? Yeah. But then as a customer, you know, you sort of take that as red because to, to work as a bank, you pretty much have to have ticked those boxes. But then as a customer, do you do what you say you're going to do for me? But I think that then there's also some little indicators like, do you, do you communicate with me appropriately? Like when I get my letters from you, do they seem written by someone competent or do they seem odd? Like you could very quickly undermine my trust in a bank by sending out a letter full of, you know, grammatical errors, or for example, things like that. Yeah. Like, Hang on a minute. How do I trust you to look after my money if you can't look after your own full stops? You know, yeah. little things like that. But then on the on the more kind of um because of experience side, yeah. Do you do what you say you're going to do? Do you seem to have my interests at heart? You know, that kind of, I talked later on in the moment about this, this idea of sort of reciprocity. You know, yeah. People who seem to trust us and who seem to look after our interests. Um, so do you seem as a bank to be set up to care about me as a customer? That starts to talk, talk to trust as well, I think. Yeah, and, and I think linking it to the customer, uh, 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 you know, li linking it to the customer experience, when you pulled up, you know, four very common priorities for improvement that, that, that we come across, really across all sectors, um, you know, the keeping promises, the doing things on time, handling problems and complaints, you know, and keeping me informed, they are all trust-based ones and I've never really sort of thought about that and, and then it sort of slightly moved me to the point which I'd like to sort of ask you about in terms of do you think organizations organizations actually set out to be trusted do you think they have a strategy to say I want to be trusted or do you think they say I just want to satisfy you that's a really interesting question I think 
It depends on the sector. So there are certain sectors where trust has been a big word. Uh, and financial services is one, actually, over the years, like trust is, it, it, like all these things, it tends to be a bit of a fashion with it, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah. certainly, there's certainly been an aim in quite a lot of big financial institutions to be, you know, the most trusted provider or the most trusted bank or, or whatever. You also see it in, in social housing, you know, trust yeah. quite often comes up as a big thing. And again, you know, that these are sort of big, important, kind of life things aren't they so you can yeah. see why trust matters there you know it's it's my house or it's you know the mortgage on my house you know these are big important things it probably doesn't matter so much whether i trust um i try to think of a, of a sort of trivial example now you know i don't need to trust a, a shop that i'm going into to buy a magazine it just needs to do that job doesn't it and so yeah. the, the sort of stakes are a bit lower again there so it probably correlates with engagement and yeah. what about b2b for me i think trust is is even bigger b2b probably um it, it should be because that personal connection is such a big part of b2b relationships so it, it can be a little bit difficult to unpick but often when you particularly when you read the comments on a b2b customer survey yeah the the individuals almost always come to the forefront of those you know my account manager yeah. or you know my contact at xyz massive corporation so yes you need xyz massive corporation in the background producing good quality things and shipping them efficiently around the world and getting my deliveries on time you need all of that to have trust but you also need my account manager greg face of the organization exactly personality that full equation really obvious then it, it, it isn't just about people because you know, it it doesn't matter how great my account manager Greg is and how 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 well I get on with him. If my deliveries are always late, I'm still going to get pissed off and leave. But the two work together, and I think this one of the things I wanted to, to to sort of bring up today, the difference that we talked about between reliability and trust, between you know what a tool does and what a human being does, that speaks to what we get across about as customers. So if if a delivery goes wrong, that's annoying. But there's an opportunity to recover that if I phone my account manager and he moves heaven and earth to get me what I need. It's like, okay, well, really sorry about that. Here's the reason why. But what we can do is make sure that we get that pallet to, you know, the goods yard it needs to be at overnight and we'll make sure you don't lose any day's work or whatever the thing is. Yeah, but don't let me lie to you. But yeah, if I find out you've lied to me, then then that relationship is dead, isn't it? And there's, there's probably no way back from that. Yeah, and, and I think what I took out of it is, in a very simple way, trust, it is reliability, but it's the caring bit. It's the caring, you know, it, it, you know it, it's the caring bit. And I'd never really sort of thought before about the different drivers because you know obviously there's a load of overlap between recommend or a loyalty question or satisfaction and sort of trust uh, and there's bound to be you know a, you know a, a, you know a large degree of, of overlap and if you mess up on one of them you probably mess up on all, all of them mm. but I never really sort of thought before about satisfaction being driven by being more driven by reliability perhaps recommendation being driven by engagement but trust by intent and I thought intent is a really interesting mm. way of thinking of things and I you know and I just reflect back on, on, on my sort of conversations with 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 my clients and I'm sure you do with your clients we talk a lot about satisfaction we talk a lot about reliability we talk a lot about getting the givens right don't spend a lot of time talking about intent. Yeah, and I, I do think that's 
it's interesting because certainly on a personal level that's very true and the example I always give of that is I'm sure we've all had that experience of, of when you're in a restaurant and it's just one of those days where everything goes wrong you know uh, the wrong food gets sent out and it's at the wrong time and it, yeah it's just a disaster but you ha- your waiter or your waitress is really really good and and you can see that they're mortified by the fact that it's all going wrong and genuinely trying to make things right yeah. and it counts for so much doesn't it it doesn't count for an infinite amount and i get you, you can still get annoyed but it counts for an awful lot to see that their intention you know that that individual's intent is is effectively on your side that they're trying to make sure that you have a good day even though everything seems to be going wrong yeah i i mean it made me reflect back a, a little bit on some recent sort of interviews that the, the that i've done where and and it, it made me realize we measure satisfaction so asking lots of questions you know and you know getting mid to low scores mid to low scores mid to low scores on all these things which slightly <coughs> are unreliable or a bit hit and miss and, and and you get to the end of the interview and you know is there any sort of compliments or criticisms anything we've missed out and then the customer was talking a lot about yeah well I absolutely love this organization because of the account manager the relationship manager who does a great job despite (laughs) and despite and um, and actually the customer was really quite satisfied overall mm. you know gave a high a high recommend score and i thought flipping out where's that come from because they've just told me about all these things and the difference that that person made was tremendous absolutely sort of um, tremendous which is exactly your waiter or waitress in the restaurant absolutely one of the, the catches i think though and i found this in the past with, with b2b clients is sometimes the customer facing stuff hide behind their closeness with the customer and and sort of point at the big bad head office who are not like making things work properly or i'd like to help but we can't because so sometimes they prioritize their relationship over making the customers think good things about the organization that's a real trap that's very easy to fall into if you're in that account manager role i don't think you know we as client managers have all probably learned in that direction on on certain occasions. Don't blame me; it's a process. Exactly, very, very tempting, and not even tempting. Sometimes it's true, um, but you still probably shouldn't say it. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it's quite often the same when I'm feeding back to a B two B client. Look, you're, you know, your your customer facing stuff, your account managers or contact team, whoever it is, they're going to get the highest scores on the survey. That doesn't mean they don't need to improve or they don't have a role in improving customer satisfaction. The way to see that is that they 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 can build on that relationship to do work for you in order to improve satisfaction with delivery times or you know whatever the, the sort of bugbear is. I think one of the things that 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 when I think about it, Stephen, is how well customers can sort of differentiate between the person and the organization how they can see those things differently and i think you know as an organization you tend to think a customer has a single view but but they don't they have lots of different views that make up their overall view and i'm always quite impressed in terms of how the customer can differentiate once you ask the second question you go a little bit into why they're saying things they really can see the difference between the process the organization and the person i remember reading years ago an article and i think it was probably in harvard business review but i can't remember for sure now but it was talking about organizations that were worried that their 
account managers were getting satisfaction scores that were too high. So effectively, what if our account managers leave and take all their customers with them? So therefore, we need to prevent our account managers from, from forming strong relationships with customers, which I don't think is a good idea. Just to be totally clear. <laughs> Probably not um, a recipe for success. <laughs> and, and the reality is actually that doesn't happen really no. very occasionally it does but but really it doesn't because the because trust is complicated and i can have a fantastic individual relationship with my account manager and you know when they leave i'm sad and i wish them all the best that their new employer at, you know my supplier's arch rival but i'm still not going to shift the contract because it, it doesn't actually work like that or very very rarely works like that well it's all the reliability and the product thing in the background it, it, it isn't it? it it is as always that mix of things that it, it, it's very easy to sort of simplify it and it's often wrong to simplify it to, to such a simple um a simple equation yeah and i think your, your your basic point is is absolutely right that i can have in my head here's what i think of you know my account manager here's what i think of the organization usually when you look at the satisfaction scores, people will score their account manager higher than the organization, but not always. And that, that is quite interesting because sometimes you think they're brilliant, but my account manager is a bit of an idiot. And those are the interesting comments sometimes in a survey. Well, I, I think one of the most interesting splits we do when you get to a set of results is when you start splitting out results by account manager or by region. And there is always quite a, quite a difference, which is very interesting because they are all having the same products and whether the product's good or bad, they all have the same delivery things. There's a lot about the reliability bit that is consistent that all the account managers have. So fundamentally, I think when you start splitting things out by account manager or regional director, however you do, you, 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 you know, you're probably starting to move into this trusting element as the difference between the higher scoring and lower scoring ones yeah i'd agree with that yeah i think it's that's often actually where the kind of um the more reliability bit of it seems to go there's sometimes personal relationships do you get on do you not get on really what it tends to come down to is they keep promising stuff that doesn't happen that's what you see over and over again in, in those kind of comments, isn't it? Uh, and, uh, absolutely. And I think probably where we see that absolute moment of truth, and we've all done this analysis where we stand up in front of a client and say, do you know your most loyal customers, your most satisfied customers are those that have had a problem with you? Mm. And you've actually come through and the way you've handled the problem means these people, you know, are the ones who recommend stay with you, won't look at the competition and you've actually given them a problem. You've put that relationship to the test and the fact you've come through and you are now trusted makes these your most loyal, you know, makes these your most loyal customers. Yeah. And I think even better than that is if you haven't caused the problem. So it's, we've got a crisis, pick up the phone, Greg, We've had a total nightmare here. We forgot to make this deliver, you know, make this order, and we need it by tomorrow. Can you help? That I think is a, an even better opportunity to say, "We'll find a way. We'll get you what you need." And I think that that's if you haven't caused the problem in the first place, then I think there's even more credit to be to be got at that stage. Um, but yeah, I think that principle of you were there when I needed you is a, that's the, the single best way to to build trust. Build trust, yeah. Fascinating webinar, Stephen. Really, really interesting. And I, and I think that, as you've said there, that angle of looking to build trust is very underutilized in the sort of customer experience, the customer experience world. It is. And I, I think particularly, probably particularly B2C, actually. And, and this is a, a gong I keep, or a drum I keep banging, I think. But 
there's this perception that B2C customer experience is way advanced to B2B. And I think it's not true. And the reason is B2B is built on relationships and the B2C relationship, because of the scale, you know, understand a lot of that opportunity to build relationships with customers as one-on-one human interactions is stripped out by process and, and sort of even if they're not technically scripted in call centers that that take away the opportunity for relationships to get built um, and I think that's 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 taking away the opportunity to establish trust and it's turning an interaction that ought to have a basis of trust because it's human to human and making it work as if it's a human to a robot and that's a missed opportunity yeah I know what you're going to say next about you know having the right people with the right skills empower them to do it you know give them a guideline but let them develop that trust on a personal personal level is exactly the sort of the right the right way to go yeah absolutely well I think that's a good opportunity to wrap up then isn't it um so thank you very much for listening if you're using iTunes please subscribe rate and review us And if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter at TLF Research or at TLFresearch.com. Hope everyone has a good day and trust you've enjoyed this, this podcast.